Time now for Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball. Your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. Well, thanks again for joining us on Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball uh, with your host, Mark Overman and Clay Clay. Oh, easy for me to say. Clay Cates? How you doing, Clay Cates? <laughs> I'm doing all right, Mark. Uh, just another week of cold weather, a lot of wind in Wyoming, and uh, I was able to travel down to Denver, see my son in the uh, – he's in the Air Force. We took him down to Denver for a day and uh, fought that wind all the way up and back, and uh, it looks like it's a little below zero again today, so just kind of trying to get through that. Yeah, the roads were pretty good for you, but you gave me a bad road report. You're like, oh, they're good. They were bad for me the whole way. We almost on the way down. You can't, you just can't trust the weatherman. You can't trust road reports. So on the Y-O dot, you know, map, green means go. You know, I mean, like yeah. dry. We got right out of the canyon out there by Laramie. Couldn't see two feet in front of us. My buddy Mark Edwards, and if you're listening, Mark, he almost ran us off the road. I had to I had to take over driving. Yeah. I'm like, Mark, you need to go left. Go left. He kept going right. Well, that's the trials and tribulations of trying to watch this Wyoming basketball team play. Yeah. Uh all right. Well, first we'll start off with just a few uh just a few news updates. Uh then we'll get into the the two games Wyoming played this week. Uh we'll talk about the Utah State game and then the Nevada game, which they played last night. So uh so first news item, this is, you know, not much else to mention on this, but Maury Brown, uh, you know, one of the big donors to the Wyoming basketball team. And we talked about him earlier in the season where he donated tickets. He donated another 500 tickets last night for the Nevada game. And it was a pretty good crowd. How'd the crowd look on TV, Clay? Looked good. I mean, there's always a little bit too much yellow for my liking, but I thought it looked pretty good last night. But yeah, allegedly he was supposed to buy some of those good yellow seats down there. So Hopefully it wasn't as ugly as normal, like those empty yellow seats that stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, and then I'll just mention Kenny Foster again. He's the uh, the Wyoming, uh, incoming Wyoming recruit that I'm really high on. Uh, he plays out of Smoky Hill in Aurora. Uh, I just found this stat. I was actually watching a video, uh, and I thought it was really impressive. So he plays in the top classification in Denver, right? So I think that's 5A. And he has not only started since he was a ninth grader, but he's been the best player on the team since he was a ninth grader. Clay, is, is that not impressive as oh, a freshman? Yeah, that's impressive. You don't see that very often. No, I mean, you don't even see that in like, I mean, can you, I mean, I know no one else cares about this, but like when's the last Gillette guy that started as a, or even played as a freshman? Uh, I mean, maybe. It's been a while. I mean, I know they had one, they have one on their roster now. Well, now that's yeah. a little different since yeah. they have the two schools, but. Sure. But it's it's pretty rare to see the best player as a freshman. Yeah, so he averaged 17 points as a as a ninth grader in the highest classification in Denver, and now this year he's averaging like 28. So, so I'm real high on him. I I I'm, I've been trying to come up with a comparison for him because I've watched a lot of not just highlights. I've actually found a lot of his games where I can watch the full game and get a sense of him. I mean, I just don't have a good comparison. <laughs> he can shoot threes. He can drive it. He's I mean he's he's well built. He's athletic. I mean, well, maybe I don't th- maybe he could just be his own unique guy. Yeah, and I don't think this was doing him justice. But I was going to kind of say he's a he's kind of a mix between Nathan Sobey's ability to take it to the rim, like you love, <laughs> and maybe Jason McManaman's just three point shooting that junior year. Yeah, 
Uh, I think that would be a pretty good player, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, God, I hate I – get, I get myself so excited about these recruits, and then some of them you never even see play. So I don't even know if you – I mean, you don't follow recruiting as close as I do. but So Anthony Mack was my last crush I had, and he redshirted last year. He was the kid that had the concussions in the end to yeah. leave, and he went to – in Miami, University of Miami, he's playing there. And then the one before that I had a big crush on was Keontae Vernon. Who never, these guys never even play, and I get these. Yeah. But before that, it was Josh Adams. So yeah. I'm uh, I'm hitting like 25% on these guys. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, get into those uh, the game. I'm trying to stall. If you can't tell, I don't want to talk about these games. Um, talk about the Utah State game. Uh, we lost 59 to 76. Uh, it was tied 37, 37 and a half though. Clay, what are some of your initial thoughts on this one? We started off pretty good. Well, I, you know, we, we hung with them the entire half. We never let them really get a, I mean, I think at one point they got a eight or nine point lead and then we just chipped away, uh, got it even at the break. And then, uh, you know, going into that second half, we hung all the way until, you know, between four and five minutes on the clock, and then it started slipping away. I think, would we talk about there was uh, what four minutes? Yeah, 420. One possession game. Hendricks in a three at about 430, 440, and they didn't score their next basket till 420, and we were down by three at that point. And then what? We ended up losing by 17. Yeah. So that last, I mean, those last four minutes was just. Yeah. I'm just bad but 16 to 2 run i think 16 to run yeah so yeah so the, tied at half 37 37 i think that was the th- third consecutive half that wyoming had scored 37 points and kind of like we talked on the last podcast uh up until this point the offense was kind of trending you know in the right direction in the first half uh wyoming shot 61 percent from the field um and held utah state to 38 percent from the field uh, but Utah State was able to manage to hit uh, seven threes in that first half at 54%. So that was the kind of the difference maker that kept them in it. Otherwise, Wyoming could have had a, a lead on the road at the second-place team in the conference. I mean. Yeah, I mean, and there's always something, you know, that you can kind of point at that keeps teams in games. Sometimes it's free throws or three-pointers, but that was definitely what kept them, you know, kind yeah. of rolling there. And what really, I mean, you can't play it. We've been talking about this zone defense while he's been playing all year. You can't play a zone against one of the best three-point shooting players in the nation, Sam Merrill, who, I mean, I, I can't even remember the last time I've seen a guy. I mean, Jimmer for dead, I guess, but, I mean, they're completely different players. When Sam Merrill has an open, wide open look, you just know it's going in. I mean, it's like a layup. Uh, and then a guy, uh, Abel Porter hit three threes right off the gate. So quickly we switched from that zone, which was, I was good. I mean, I was good to see. I thought, you know, Edwards was just going to stubbornly stick in that zone, but we switched to a man to man and it worked, uh, quite a bit better, uh, until that 420 mark where we really let him get away from us. Um, uh, also I found this interesting, uh, Wyoming, uh, as we all know, they're, you know, not a good rebounding team. Uh, it was 15 to 15 in rebounds at half. So first half, like we said, going good. But in the second half, uh, they out-rebounded us uh, 20 to 9. So 
Uh, that was disappointing. So an overall rebounding total was Wyoming 24, uh, Utah State 35. Uh, do you have those assist turnover numbers, Clay? Or uh, Yeah, they, they had 21 assists to our 10. And then even on the turnovers, 11-11. And, I, I mean, I think that 11 not too bad considering yeah. some of the turnover games we've had. But the big difference is they have 11 more assists, and that makes them – and if you're just watching that yeah. game, you can just see it, and you'd agree with this. But, I mean, just their ball movement and the quality of shots, I mean, it just makes a huge difference. I, I don't know – is that coaching or is that players? or is it, I mean, both. I, I'm sure it's both, but yeah. if you had to say gun to your head is, you know, quality shots, players on the court, or coaches, X's and O's. Well, I think it. No waffling. I no, want no I, I waffling. Think, I think there's two things. I think um, the the coaching part of it is is that you have some discipline on your team that you don't take, you know, bad shots. That we look for things to be smooth in the offense, and and when it is a good shot, we take those opportunities. The other part on the players is sometimes we either do something that we're not supposed to. Or we just lack the discipline and as a player and you take a bad shot. Uh, a lot of times I see with us is we just wait too long and then we hurry it. Yeah. And that was one thing. I won't get obviously to the Nevada game next, but Nevada's just got a really good defense. And I was just sitting there. I was like, the first look we get, I mean, the first even, you know, the first crease we get, you got to take that shot. I don't care who you are, but we would not. And then, you just get you throw a thirty-five foot heave at the shot clock, you yeah, know. And the percentages are low on. That. Yeah, that's just not going to cut it. Um, so in the game overall, like I said, so Wyoming shot sixty-one percent in the first half, and we finished the game shooting forty-two point nine percent from the field. So in the second half, our offense kind of—I mean, it didn't kind of—it slipped. Uh, we shot seven and twenty-six from the field in the second half. And that's 26.9%. That's not going to cut it, huh, Clay? No, um, certainly not. And, um, you know, it just seemed like the things that we needed to keep going steady, like the first half, just just immensely dropped off, especially the last part of the game. Yeah, and then uh, so 42.9% from the field on the game. That's about our average. I mean, that's just total um, not very good, not bad, not terrible, though. Uh, we did manage to shoot 40, 40% from three, but we hit, so we hit eight threes, but that's kind of this team's bread and butter lately. If you remember, we've been hitting those games where we really, where we beat CSU and then, I mean, we've been hitting 15, 14 threes. I mean, shooting 40% and we only hit eight. I don't know if that's the case where we should have been shooting more threes or. Well, and, and you're right. And you think about all the points that were lost. If you, let's just say we would have had, you know, just three or four more it would have been the yeah. difference in the game and then that what happens at the end may not have happened. well then it just stops that bleeding on that run that they're going on there at the end you know and the game doesn't get away from you and then uh and we did shoot 75 percent from the free throw line uh we've actually been shooting pretty good from the free throw line. I, I mean we're a pretty good free throw shooting team i mean i know that's not making a huge difference in these games but no, and the, the, from the free throw line, though, if you look at the statistic there of how many more they shot than we did, they shot twice as many times as we did, and they uh, doubled us in points on that. So that was a factor in the game. Yeah, well. no, that was my 
my next point. Oh, sorry. No. Your fire away there. Thunder. Don't ever take my points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So they shot 25 free throws. We shot 12. Yep. I mean, I go through this rigmarole every episode, it seems like. And I don't want to be labeled as a homer or, you know, just blind looking at the game and the, the brown and gold goggles, but 21 fouls to 10. And if, and like we said, this is a competitive game. It's a three-point game with 420 to go. And they called 10, 10 fouls on Utah State the whole game and 21 on Wyoming. I think, I think Wyoming might have – well, they definitely reached the double bonus in one of the halves. I don't remember which, but it almost felt like they might have reached the double bonus in both halves. But And very little of this was us fouling them on purpose. So, I mean, it's hard to compete in a game where you're – I mean, they call twice as many fouls on you. Now, some of that might be justified, but – Well, oftentimes, you know, for instance, we – you know, like New Mexico puts pressure on you the whole time. You'd think they'd have more fouls. You know, I'm, and I know this wasn't New Mexico, but – the team that kind of has that high pressure defense, they're they're apt to make yeah. a few more fouls. But um, I don't know if we always play, you know, as much tighter defense as the other teams we play. I mean, Utah State's a pretty sound team. But you know, if we did, they'd call even more fouls on it. Yeah. So I don't know. It does feel that you know when you look at the numbers, and I know just from a refing side. You know, it's not like you try to even the fouls out, but what you try to do is make sure that if you're going to call something on one end, sure. that you are consistent on both ends and call the same types of fouls that if they're being committed. That's what always kills me in, like, the NFL when you're watching a game. Like, it's not necessarily the calls they do make on one side. It's the calls they're not making on the other side that they are calling on this side, you know? Correct. And back to another football analogy, I was just – kind of talking about that tight defense is it kind of like those Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boom teams where they're just going to mug you and foul you every time and the refs are only going to call it you know they can only call it so many times as the theory goes that's correct uh so just to finish up the shooting numbers I kind of went through Wyoming's numbers there uh so Utah Wyoming shot 42.9 percent Utah State shot 49 percent from the field uh we shot 40 percent from three uh, Utah State shot 50%, and they did hit two more than us. They hit 10, we hit eight. Uh, and then they shot 72.8% uh, from the free throw line. We actually outshot them from the free throw line, but like we said, they shot you know 13 more attempts, so that made the difference there. Uh, so one of the things I've just kind of been noticing, uh, not a smooth transition, but we just don't really have a – we don't have a rim protector. That's what this – and we have talked about it, but – that's what this team's really missing. You know, a low post center that's going to get you 8, 10, 12 rebounds a game, you know, and be a defensive difference maker where he's not necessarily blocking, you know, shots like Justin Williams did. I mean, nobody blocks him at that rate, but just be a shot alterer. And we don't have that guy. No, and we've talked about guys in the past, of course, the Nance Juniors, the Cook Juniors, the, um, you know, Leonard Washington, those types of guys. I mean, they own the paint and we don't have somebody right now that owns the paint. We're kind of all over the place. We get a few here, a few there, but we don't have that one go-to guy that, you know, when he's in there, no. that's his area. No, our center position's really been dropping the ball lately. Well, at least in this two, two game set. And just on the other end of the spectrum, and I'm going to butcher this guy's name, 
Uh, the center for Utah State, uh, Nemus Kada. Sorry, I know you're not listening, but I'm sorry I uh, butchered your name. But this is the guy we need next year. So he's a true freshman. He's averaging 11.3 points a game, 9.1 rebounds a game, and two and a half blocks a game. If we could just find a guy that did 80% of that as a freshman next year. I mean, wasn't that just, I mean, isn't that the guy we need? I mean, if Utah State can go out and get this guy, I mean, I know that's easier said than done. I mean, obviously they found the diamond in the rough, but. Well, in just the recruiting sense, it would be, you know, uh, you know, coaches know what they're looking for and just say, hey, this is a weakness on our team. We're going to find a guy that I can tell instinct instinctively does that. What's funny, though, is I just I just remembered my dream last night. So I was I had a dream that like one of the one coaches called me and he's like, OK, we got this new recruit. He's going to he's going to be our new, you know, our new low post guy. And I went and checked the roster and he was only six, six. So I just remember being so depressed. <laughs> that's what i'm dreaming about here yeah uh so just to put a pin in this one uh not the game but that thought i was on uh so utah state had five blocks in the game led by kata who had two and we only had one and plus he was altering other shots throughout the game so that you know just makes a difference uh now to some of the individual performance in this one um james continued his good play from the csu game i mean he wasn't quite as good but 918 from the field 50 percent Shot three of five from three-pointers. So that's two games in a row where he shot really good from three. That's 60%. Uh, he wasn't quite as good in his, you know, his all-over game. He only had four rebounds, which is quite a bit lower than his average. Only two assists. He did have two steals and a block, though, so that was good. Uh, any of the individual performances sticking out to you, Clay, before I kind of run through some of these? Well, just um, once again, we've talked about what, what gets us out of the fifties and we got to have somebody else scoring on the team. James was the, the lone double digit scorer on the team. You know, lots of guys contributed and there's nothing wrong with that, but we didn't have anybody else that could kind of keep us, um, you know, up there. And we, we talked about having a guy or two besides yeah. James that has to be in the teens for us to, to pull these games out. So, like you said, we had, what, you said one score in the double figures, right? Yes, James. I think, what, uh, Utah State had four scores in the double figures, and then they had two others that were right there, yeah. like right close. Uh, and they were led by Merrill's 19. Uh, Thompson, he had a – I mean, he shot the ball all right. He, three of seven, seven points, but zero rebounds. I mean, you got to find a way if you're going to play. What do you, How many minutes he play, Clay, in this one? Uh, Thompson. Oh, he's uh, sorry. My my page is up there. He played thirty one minutes. So sorry. zero rebounds in thirty one minutes. I'm I'm five eight, about three hundred pounds. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm a short, stocky little fella, a George Costanza, if you will. I'm telling you, if I played thirty one minutes, I think I'd get a rebound. Yeah, I bet you could. Yeah. I mean, you're you're you, you you might be a little bit short, but you're kind of feisty, and so uh, <laughs> I'll push you around. Yeah. Uh, so zero rebounds from him. I mean, I'm sure I didn't even highlight not in stats in this one, but I don't think. Yeah. Oh, he had three rebounds. Yeah, he had three. Eh? He had three. All right. Sorry, not in 13 minutes. So that's a pretty good percentage. Yeah, that is. Uh, Young, uh, seven points, six rebounds. So, and I'll get to the Nevada game. So he had six rebounds in this one, and then he did pretty good rebounding in the Nevada game. So that's a good trend he's on. Uh, he had two assists. He did have three turnovers. I mean, that's his bugaboo. He needs to 
he needs to really get over that hump, but I think they do put a little more pressure on him than some. They like some when James is getting tired and Banks isn't in the game. I mean, they obviously think that Young is one of their better ball handlers, so he'll bring the ball up. So I guess in that sense, it's justified that he has a few more turnovers. Yeah, being a sure. main ball carrier like that. Uh, this guy, this guy, next guy, I think he's kind of our ride or die guy. If this guy's on, we're gonna have a good game. If he's not. We're going to struggle. I'm not going to say his name. Who am I talking about? You know who I'm talking about. Hendricks. Yeah. 40 minutes. And only six points. You know, he did chip in four rebounds. Any rebounds you get from him are nice. But, I mean, two of seven from the field, two of six from three. I mean, and we'll, like I said, we'll get to that next. But that's a lot like the Nevada game. And it's just – he's just – I don't know what to make of Hendricks. I think – I mean, he's a good – you know, he's a good defender. He's faster than you think. He's more athletic than you think. But he's just such a streaky shooter. I mean, like the Air Force game, the CSU game, he's just on fire. And then in other games, he just misses wide open shot after wide open shot. And I usually show up an hour before games, you know. And, like, if you do it once, you don't really get a judge of, like, who's a good shooter, who's not. But if you do it every time and you watch warm-ups and, shoot, you know, shoot – what is it? Shoot through? What is it called? Why am I can I not think what it's called? Shoot around. Shoot around. Yeah. yeah. Shoot through. Uh, shoot around. If you watch shoot around over a long period of time, you'll get a sense of a great shooter or not. And I, I mean, Hendricks is just always hot or cold. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason. It seems like for what shots he makes and misses. No, but he's definitely a guy that him and Thompson are in the same realm for me. They're capable scorers. Sure. And they've shown some promise of being in the teens and uh, even in the twenties at times. Uh, but, you know, when you kind of look at consistency, you think, you know, this guy can, he can shoot definitely get in the teens. And I mean, if we're going to have a good chance to win, we have to have another guy in the teens. I mean, if, if Hendrick scores another 10 points, this is a yeah, better game. Enough. If Thompson scores another 10 points, this is a better game. If both of them score, you know, 10 points together, uh, you know, five each, and they're both in the teens, it's a better game. So we just got to find a way to have another guy other than James, uh, you know, contributing uh, an, an excess of points. It can't just be seven. Uh, it's great that we had multiple guys. It looks like, you know. Um, yeah, almost everyone who played every, scored, every, it looks yeah, like. Everybody but Forge. Uh, I don't know if he really got anything. It says he played, but I don't remember. But, he might have played the last – 10 yeah. seconds like. yeah so i'm just you know everybody contributed and that's great but uh, just that inconsistency you know 15 points then seven yeah it'd be four. a lot more better if we were like yeah. utah state four guys in doubles and like other guys couple yeah. creeping up yeah but we had what 71 minutes played there and, and 13 points between two guys so it's just it's tough uh let's see here and then yeah it's just all like you're saying it's just all about consistency like I don't want to keep foreshadowing the Nevada game, but it's the fresher game, so it's on my mind, and we're talking about them both, so things get uh, muddled here. But, like, in this game, Taylor's just unaggressive. I mean, he's just – he plays – how many minutes do he play? In this 21. Game? 21 minutes, and he attempts two shots, and he was one of two from the field. I mean, when you're just not a threat out there, I mean, and you're just playing so passive, it's, you know, it's tough. Um but that's the one thing I wanted to go back. I, I meant to say it about Hendricks because I was kind of dumping, dunking on him. But 
he is a threat, and the other team has to respect him. And that does open up things for this offense. So Hendricks being back is a is a huge bonus for this team. Uh, Banks only played nine minutes in this one. See that? I don't understand. I thought Banks has been playing pretty good. I mean, he gives you another body, and I think that was one of the big mistakes Edwards made in this game. So James and James and Hendricks play 40 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And so we play a shorter rotation. He did switch to a more a man-to-man defense, which is more taxing on the players. But if you play Banks, you know, 20 minutes, you play Porter 15 minutes. I mean, I guess he's not going to play Fornstrom, so we could quit mentioning that. But if you play these guys more minutes and kept James at 35, or even have James play 40, okay? We need James. Have James play 40. Have Hendricks play 35. Maybe those last five minutes, our team doesn't completely collapse. And I mean, I'm not saying it was a fatigue factor, but it could have been. I mean. Well, and just being able to play that tight defense and it it wears their guys down too. And And Banks is a great defender. And when you think, you know, I can't think of a reason why he played nine minutes. Uh, (laughs) Does any of that stat line jump out of you when he played nine minutes? (laughs) Well, nothing on the stat line, but. But what I can tell you is, um, I mean, just we've talked about his his uh, stuffing defense and how he does that. But that you well, just he's have, so athletic. He, I mean, he can sky high for those rebounds. And but remember the last time he played against Merrill, he was yeah, you know, he did a very good. He, good he did a good job, and so um, it stands to reason that, uh, that <laughs> he was there. It lights out. He'd be there. <laughs> That's a Shawshank Redemption quote for all you (laughs) movie fans out there. Yeah, for sure. I distracted you. Sorry. No, but just, you know, it it really does, though. It stands to reason that if he played Merrill pretty tough, I mean, let's just say he plays him tough this time and he doesn't have, you know, six or seven of those points that he had or a couple of those threes. I mean, it makes a difference in a game like this when it was close with four minutes left and Merrill's tired. Yeah, and just Merrill had, I think he like we might have mentioned this before, but he was our leading scorer at 19 points and four, six, and three. Man, that guy's just automatic. Uh, so, two things on that. One, it's so frustrating when these games are, you know, you got to stream them online, so you got to watch them where you can. But the, the, the two Utah State announcers, it's just painful when you got to watch the opposing team's announcers. And the games, like I said, 21 fouls against Wyoming, only 10 against Utah State, but they find a way to bitch about it. Like, yeah. It's frustrating, but so that's frustrating. And then, but the other point about, I just can't even imagine having this feeling clay. So Merrill, I mean, he had a, just a wide open shot halfway through the air. The announcers are like, and it's good. And then it actually front rimmed and he was just so shocked. Like that's what, he's just such a good shooter, man. Yeah, he is. And he's just one of those guys that, you know, we talk about different great shooters all the time, but he's just, just smooth and, yeah, when he has an open shot, it, it's kind of one. I'm kind of like the announcer. I just look away, maybe even say something out of disgust because I know it's going. Oh, on. I know so. it's painful to watch. You just turn your head. Um, let's see here. Where am I at here? Uh, Porter only played 11 minutes in this game. Uh, I mean, he didn't do much. I think he was one of three from the field. Hit a three. He did have two rebounds in 11 minutes. Uh, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I cannot 
I mean, Porter deserves to be like the last guy on the bench, you know, on this team. But in a game where, and especially in the second half, when you're getting cream on the boards and you got a, you know, a guy that's actually rebounding, it might not be a bad idea to put him in there. And I really can't. I mean, this is a for you know, this is not a good analysis. I'll just say that on the up front here. But I in these eleven minutes, I just saw a different attitude in Porter in this one. He he just looked more like he had controlled aggression. I mean, nothing in the stat line is going to say that. And he only played 11 minutes, but I just I saw something in Porter I liked in this game. And like I said, not a good analysis because I can't really explain it, but he gave me a little more hope in this one. Uh, so we talked about the zone defense, how we started off in that, and they kill us, and then we switched to man. And then after that was good. Let's see. Uh, and the real difference in the second half was uh, Kada, their uh, 6'11 uh, center. We did a great job in the first half, zero points in the first half. But in the second half, he had all all what he have in the game. Fourteen. So yeah, he had all fourteen in the second half. So that was the big difference in the game in the second half. Uh, anyway, I think I've said everything I had on this game, Clay. Do you have any more thoughts on this one? No, just another case of being in the fifties, and that that seems to be. Yeah, good. we're back in that trend again. Yeah. Wow, shoot! We didn't a little foreshadowing to the Nevada game. We might not even made it to the. 50s. We got to get it past the fifties <laughs> to have success. Uh, well, just kind of we were talking before, and I just wanted to reemphasize this, and I don't want to be just a blind homer here, but we've kind of been progressing up into this game, and ninety, what ninety-five percent of this game was a positive. I mean, up until the last four minutes of the game. I mean. Yeah. We're at obviously this Wyoming team is not, you know, one of the better teams in the conference. Obviously, we're one of the worst, and we're at the on the road at the second place team, and we're down by three with four minutes to go. I mean, that's well, and it kind of reminds me of the Larry Shiat teams. You know, we were always in the game right till the end. You know, and when there was four or five minutes left, almost every time we were right within striking range if we didn't have the lead. And uh, that, I mean, it was a good feeling. Yeah, you know, you know you're going to be on the edge of your seat and you're coming like, come on, guys, let's go. Let's keep it going. And it, as a fan, there's nothing better than to have your team have a chance. Sure. But we haven't felt like that very much this season. So I'm going to try to remain positive here. This is, so I do feel like we can compete with any team in the conference, except for Jeff, play their music. In case you're wondering, that was not a Lobo. That was a Wolfpack. Uh, so that brings us to the Nevada game. Uh, this one was ugly, Clay. We lost 49-82, to and it was never that close. No, it never felt close at all. Um, you know, I, I I, was thinking oh, probably about eight minutes left to go, somewhere seven, eight minutes left in the first half, and we had got it to 13, and I was just kind of feeling like we were, okay, just a few more shots, you know, kind of get in, maybe close it, get get within single digits before half, and then it just it never, never, never transpired. So at half, we were down 20 to 36, so down 16 at half. And the second half, more of the same. They outscored us by 17, 29 to 46. Um, is my math right on that? Is that? Uh, 
Yeah, I'm yeah, 17. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple mathematicians here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, in the first half, though, I will say, yeah, we had some chance. I mean, first give credit where credit is due. Nevada is clearly the best team in the conference. I don't even – I mean, I've been watching this conference very closely the last, I'll say, 20 years. I can't remember a team I that was this good. I, I cannot ever remember – being on a court with a team like this, I just like, we have no chance. Well, and I think, you know, you and I were talking about this, but we were at a, that San Diego state game was the last one. We played a top 10 team and beat yeah. them. and it didn't feel like, no, that. I didn't feel well, like we this. had a better team, sure, then, but it, but this was definitely a, a way better team. They're just so skilled in every facet of the game. Well, they're so big. I mean, you just look at their starting lineup. I mean, I think four of them are listed at six seven, and then the the porter, the taller, is six eleven. But man, every one of those guys looks taller than Justin James, and he's listed at six seven. I just, yeah. And they're all like you say, skilled and can defend, and they can switch. And well, they're definitely. I mean, you know, they're ranked either six or seven, whichever poll you're looking at. But they're every bit of that. Yeah, and just. Uh, they have six fifth-year seniors, so and five of them start. So that's, and all of that is at the Division One level. So they, most of them transfer, transferred in from another Division One. Well, all six of those guys did transferred in from another Division One program. So I was just kind of looking at it, trying to put, you know, a positive look on it, or you know, so Wyoming and Nevada both played an eight-man rotation in this game. So in Nevada's eight-man rotation, they had thirty-five years of college basketball experience, all at the Division One level. Wyoming, and that's counting, like, Thompson and Taylor That as a freshman. That's one year. That's why I'm counting it. Well, Thompson's two since he's a redshirt. But, uh, and so 35 years of college experience for Nevada and only 17 for Wyoming, but only 15 of those years are at the Division One level. So, I mean, that's a – I mean, how are you going to compete? I mean, what – if you're not Duke and Kentucky and getting these one and dunners, I mean, with that kind of experience gap, I mean, it's tough to compete. I mean, yeah, it's just so much more basketball court time, important game time. Yeah, it's just it makes a huge difference, um, just in comfortability and and just being able to be fluid out there on the court, just knowing what you're doing. It's 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 huge. Uh, so just some of the numbers in this one. Uh, we reverted back to our old ways. We only had seven assists. We had 16 turnovers. Uh, Nevada had 14 assists to 13 turnovers. A surprising stat in this one, at half, uh, the same as the Utah State game, the rebounds were 15 to 15. But in the second half, they out-rebounded us 13 to 25. Do you have the total rebounds in that one, Clay? 31 to 22 in favor of Nevada and uh, on the – Offensive rebounds, they out-rebounded us 9-6. to six. So Yeah, so in the second half, they I mean, they just kind of took over and exerted, exerted their dominance on us even more on the boards. Didn't really translate into the scoreline any more than it did in the first half. But I thought in the first half, though, we – I mean, we were more competitive in the half, first half. We missed – I mean, not misses a wide-open dunk. Taylor, who was good in this one, missed a couple. He created a great layup for himself, and he missed. I mean, yeah, right at the beginning of the game, we just had a few things like that. And then, and of course, Nevada is going to be 
they're going to be consistent usually to start the game. They're just going to kind of jump on you. And that's where they get up on you like 14, eight, something like that. And then I, every possession then becomes, you're either going to go up nine, eight, you know, and it just stacks on you. So if Wyoming was going to play Nevada and we were going to be competitive in the game, I mean, I don't know if it's one out of a hundred games. I mean, I don't know what the number is, but it's probably more than that. I mean, to be competitive. Cause we were, I mean, I know they're a different team this year, but you remember last year we beat them at home and it was fairly close on the road. I mean, different teams, you know, both, but, but if we're going to be competitive with this team, we have to start well. Yes. And this game did not start well. I think, I think Nevada missed their first shot and then they made their next eight in a row, I think. And a couple of those were Cody Martin, who's the lesser scorer of the Martin twins. And he's a 29% three point shooter. And he made their first three and then he made a long two pointer and, I mean, when he's hitting long jump shots, it's going to be a long night. And then they did kind of cool off after that, but that, that just that initial punch in the mouth, I think, kind of staggered this Wyoming team, and we just couldn't, well, couldn't get back I, up. And you're right. It, it, it was such a slow start for us. And, you know, one of the things that I kind of pointed out to you that, uh, you know, was frustrating, while he had free throws, our – our leading scorer and our best player didn't have a field goal until 644 in the first half. Well, um, I, you know. I hate to interrupt, interrupt this podcast, but we might have to cut it short. I just, I'm looking at Clay Case. He's dressed head to toe in Nevada blue. What in the hell is your problem, sir? <laughs> well, I don't know about cutting the podcast short, but you got to pay attention to what's on top of my head, buddy. He does. He has a warming hat on top, but man, I mean, Nevada blue over here. Yeah, that's disgusting. Well, but anyhow, 644 is our first field goal from Justin Yeah, that's just can't And like happen. I said, he had some free throws, so it wasn't like he wasn't scoring, but, you know, he was our leading scorer, and that just tells you a little bit about the type of scoring we had. And, uh, you know, and once again, if our leading scorer is getting some points, uh, getting some field goals, knocking down a few shots, that, that – uh, 14 15 point pad they have is less and then it feels like a doable game and when you're playing nevada it, once you get into double digits it feels like it's just a, oh a, yeah uphill this feature. game got away early and i was just sitting there I was like we have no chance yeah. um so just to put a uh james was you know what he had 16 points in the game seven rebounds four assists two steals so you look at that stat line and, oh james had a good game well then when you you know dive a little deeper Sorry, I had to cough there. Um, oh, four of 16 from the field. What's the, I don't, I guess I shouldn't, we're proven we can't do math. I shouldn't ask you the percentage on that, but it's not good. What is that? Is that 33%? Is it four, no, four, four eight, 16, 12, Mark. 25%? <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wish I was joking. I was serious. I, I thought you were kidding around, but. It's uh, like, you don't even know what I'm capable of over here. Uh Oh, a seven and three. What's the percentage on that one? That's a big fat egg there, buddy. Uh, so, yeah. So you look at the, some of the deeper numbers and that's just not, I mean, we're not going to win games with James shooting this way. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Uh, we're not even going to be competitive with James. Yeah. And shooting that way. Uh, so some of the shooting numbers overall, and this, this, the numbers in this game are, you know, hard to look at. Uh, Wyoming shot 30%. I mean, it's gotta be a season low. I mean, that's, Oh, well, I mean, we can just talk. We don't got to look up the stat, but the, the, the 
what was the game? The Tennessee State or where we were one of 26 and yeah, half. Or, it was, yeah, that tournament game. Yeah. That was brutal. So this could rival that one. Uh, I'd give a little more credit to the defense in this one than we faced that day. Because Nevada's defense really is. I mean, it's stifling. I mean. Yeah, it is. Uh, so we shot 30% from the field, uh, 15 of 50. Uh, 25% from three, six of 24, and kind of what we've been saying, this team I mean, isn't going to win many games when they only hit six threes or shoot 25% from three. I mean, we're kind of a live live by the three, die by the three kind of team at this point. We did manage to shoot good from the free throw line, and that was 72%, but 13 of 18. You know, just not enough free throw attempts to make you know, a difference, certainly not in a game like this. Uh, so I just want to talk about you know, Nevada's defense. And we were kind of talking about it, you know, off air before we started the podcast. And this is another Homer take by your host, Mark, here. Uh, is, it, is Nevada good on defense and allowed to play aggressive, tight defense because they're good and the refs don't call fouls on it? Or do they not call fouls on it because they're good? I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? I didn't ask that question very good, but I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. You I, can uh, well, fill in the gaps for the audience. I can't honestly say, you know, the refs look at different things. Um, but the one thing, it's just, like I said, it's always hard to believe that. Um, the aggressive team gets called for less fouls? Yeah, the, the team that's just on you tight as a glove is going to foul more. They just make more contact. They just do more things that, you know, I, I know back when I used to coach, uh, we used to press all the time. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times the fouls would be, you know, not equal and, and kind of bad on our side. We'd have 10 fouls to the other team's four or five. And you would think a coach would be like, you know, that's unfair. But we just knew we played tighter, that we yeah. were going to make more fouls. We were more aggressive. And so sometimes it just, I don't know, it, it bothers me uh, to think that they kind of get away with something. They can do a little bit more. And it, it gives them an advantage somehow. Oh, yeah. You know. Well, I mean, obviously there's a talent gap and an experience gap. But the, the contrast in this game on, like, shot quality of shots was so stark, like, and just they wouldn't once we I mean heck they wouldn't even let us cross half court. They were, you know, pressuring James all the way up the court and trying to, you know, tire him out, but they wouldn't let us have a wide open like let's say we cross half court, right? They wouldn't let us have a wide open half court. They would have guarded it. You know, like when you're playing one on one, like, I'll give you that shot way out there. <laughs> they wouldn't give us nothing. Like they were on us like stink on a monkey. Well, and that's one thing. I always had a, a lot of respect for Duke, you know, uh, just because when you watch them play defense, Duke pushes you out, pushes you out, pushes you out. And it, it makes you do things that are low percentage. And, and Nevada is a top 10 team. And of course, top 10 teams have that characteristic. They make the other team look bad because they make you do things sure. that, that are low percentage shots. And, and that was kind of what we were talking about when we were talking about the Utah state game. Like, that's kind of why I really disagree with Edwards' philosophy on this one. And he kind of even mentioned it in the post game. It was like, well, you don't necessarily got to take that, you know, that first good look. You know, you got to work it around. And I can't even remember what he's saying. But I mean, you're only, you might, you're lucky to get one good look in a shot clock against Nevada's defense. So you, I don't care who you are, you better take it. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, 
against a team that just stifles you that way. You got to, you know, I know that you're looking for the best shot, but if you have an open shot, you have to just trust that your shooters are good enough to knock those down. And Because against a team like Nevada, like if you don't take that first quality look, the next, I mean, the odds are you're just going to be heaving a 40 footer at the, you know, yeah. or a yeah. contested, um, a low percentage yeah. shot. Yeah. And so just to go back to the shooting percentages in this one, uh, so Nevada shot 54.4% from the field, 39% from three, 64.7% from the free throw line. Hey, we outshot them from the free throw line. Must mean we're the better team. Hey, there's moral victories if you look for them. <laughs> hey, let's just have a free throw contest, shooting contest next time in Nevada. If you're man enough, you'll do it. Yeah. So, uh, so they pretty much outshot us everywhere but the free throw line. Uh so go now. We'll get more into the individual performances. Uh, so we already talked about James, uh, a real killer in this one. Uh, Naughton and Thompson played, I think, thirty-seven minutes combined or something. They both fell out. That's why they didn't get forty. Zero point. This is Naughton Thompson combined, Clay. So keep that in mind. Okay. Zero points. Two rebounds. Ten fouls. That's about as bad as it gets from a position in a game of basketball. Yeah, that. I guess they didn't have a lot of turnovers though no. combined, so that's something. Just... No assists. I know. I don't think they had any steals, any blocks. No. I mean, that was the stat line for Thompson and not zero points, two rebounds, ten fouls. Yeah. And give credit where credit was due. Thompson had both those rebounds. Yes, he did. Yeah, that's pretty brutal, and I mean that's stuck out to me just. Beyond watching the game, the, the first, you know, had I not watched this game and I looked at this stat line, one of the first places I always look, you know, uh, just to kind of just yeah, get a gauge see of the game. minutes, points, you know, those types of things. But I, that just sticks out like a punch in the face when you look at those two things. So in Thompson's, in the last five games for Thompson, He's played 129 minutes in the last five games. He has six rebounds total. I think he's hit the rookie. He's hit the proverbial rookie wall, I do believe. Because he was, I mean, I don't think no one's going to confuse him with a great rebounder, but he was rebounding at a better rate than this. I mean, he's really, have you noticed that? Do you think he's hit the rookie wall? Or is it just, it's just a bad game stretch and he can bounce back? I mean, he can bounce back, of course, but. Yeah, sometimes it's situational. I'm not. I'm not giving him an excuse, but it seems you accept mediocrity. You don't I you? don't. I don't accept it. Um, but a lot of times he's he's outside. Sure, and, and that does limit him. And, just like uh, Herndon or you know Herndon's because he was always on the three point. Yeah, line. and so I, I even though he's a big guy and everything, he's not always there, but. But also, like I've told you before, rebounding is instinctual. It's about sure. being able to notice a situation, like if a shot's going on the other side or something yeah, like just that. Knowing it's where, about, being able to read it, where the ball's going yeah, bounce it's, and it's, just being on the right spot, the right Yeah, and, and people say rebounding a lot of times can't be coached, and I, I totally disagree with that. I think it's just about being aware of another thing that's going on in the court. And Sure, it's it's to me it's almost like an assist i mean it's something that you can do you can get better at you can you know it is it is coachable uh and the one thing i mean this is for looking for the future 
Like Thompson's probably, I mean, he's not a great athlete, right? I mean, he's skilled as we're like dribble, shoot, you know, pass, that kind of thing. And he's 6'10", so that gives him a big advantage. But he's not – I mean, he's what? Would you say mediocre athlete, subpar at the Division One level? I mean, just as far as, like, fleet of foot? Yeah, I mean, he's – Average? What would you say? Yeah, I, I would say he's average. I mean, he definitely has some potential. But um, but he – some of the things, like, he's he looks – when he's shooting well, he looks smooth out there. Sure. No, and for he has, sure. He has a he, – he does – he has a nice shot. That's – Things it. like that. But, I mean – you're talking about like a six ten guy, like you know, like Derek Cook Jr. could just jump out of the gym when he'd go up there. He had that big skill to do that. Uh, those big guys, and and he doesn't have that skill set. And he's probably not. And I mean, that's and that is a hard thing to probably. It's probably his athleticism level is probably not going to change much, right? Correct. So what he needs to work on is he can get stronger. Yeah. I mean, he's a young what nineteen year old, maybe twenty. He's a redshirt freshman. If he got stronger, I think that would make all the difference. So, I mean, I, if you're listening, Hunter, hit that weight room. Uh, any of the other individual performances kind of jump out at you? There, I thought there was one. There was two big pauses. Well, I wouldn't say big pauses, but there were two bright spots in this game, and pretty much nothing else. But go, you go ahead and give me one of your one of your takes from some of the individual performances in this one. Well, Taylor with 13 points is is a good thing. It's you know seeing him in the in the double digits. I mean, if he could ever become a double digit guy, I mean, yeah. then like we talk about that consistency with Hendricks and Thompson and James, I mean, you might be building something and young even. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that stands out to me and, you know, he was only four of 10, but. Um, yeah. And a couple of those were easy know, layups. But man. what really sticks out is that thing that you preach and preach Mark is eight rebounds. Um you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's good. That's, that's doing pretty, work. That's a pretty important. You're going to play 30. What, what, how many minutes he play? Uh, he played 37 minutes. Yeah. So he played 37 you know, minutes. You better rebound, have more than five rebounds. That's yeah. my take on it. And so, thir- you know, 13 points, eight rebounds on this team. That that's a pretty dang good line. Yeah. No, he was, I mean, I thought he, he wasn't, you know, afraid of the, the moment or, you know, the moment wasn't too big from him. Like, Obviously, the best thing they're going to play all season, you know, just the, the big talent gap. But, I mean, he was aggressive, assertive, and he was holding his own against these guys. I, I was really impressed. And he had a really a, real, a couple of real nice moves that he didn't finish. I mean, missed some easy, you know, bunny layups. But, yeah, I was really impressed with him. And I mean, that was my biggest positive of the game. I also thought Young was pretty good. I mean – eight points he did he had a five rebounds well he only played like 23 minutes didn't he yes so five rebounds in 23 minutes i mean that's a pretty good clip he was three of six from the field 50 percent two of three from three uh do you have his turnover numbers i don't think it was too bad uh, if any i don't sorry hit this button right here oh there it is okay uh where is it at? this is good uh podcasting here <laughs> turnovers he one had one yeah so one turnover i mean that's pretty good for him uh so the fact that two of our two of the brightest spots on the team are true freshmen against uh i mean obviously we've already mentioned it a very experienced nevada team is that is that just two homers sitting here looking for any gleam of hope they can or is that a real building block no, that's a building block because it was done against the best. 
And so, I mean, you always, you can find positives in some of that stuff, especially if it's your young guys. I mean, I know we kind of harp on James at times and he was our leading scorer and did some things in the game, uh, had some high rebounds as well. Uh, but you, you have to always, when your young guys are doing things, you, you have to be feeling good about that. And the one thing you just want to hope is they, they can build on that and, and think, you know, can eight points turn into 10 points? Can 10 points sure. turn into 13? Oh, can 13 be something that he can attain several times? You know, I know he's not going to, I know Taylor's not going to score 13 game or 13 points every game, but can he, you know, be a little more consistent. Can, can he get to 10? Instead lot? of scoring, he goes from two points, one game to 13, the next, like, yeah, you know, narrow the gap. So maybe his low is six and his high is 15 or something. And, was always be in that range. Can he be the second or third leading scorer most of the time? You know, things like that. So, and with the one thing I, I mean, we, there's some more individual things I wanted to mention, but just something you said there kind of made me think of it. And on the Wyoming message boards, there's been talk about this team is giving up. The, the Edwards is losing the team. And I have not agreed with that. I have not agreed with that. But in this game, and it's, it's tough when you're getting, you know, your butt kicked in front of your home crowd. It was a pretty good crowd. Uh, I think over a little over 5,000, which is good, you know, for, for this era, for this team. But the attitude did seem a little worse. Did you, I mean, was that something that came across on TV or did you notice it or? Uh, I, I didn't notice it. But... And like I said, it, when you're getting whooped, it's hard to be rah-rah. Yeah. I mean, well, that's kind of fake. I, but... I can tell you one thing. I mean, there's always, and I don't care who you are. I don't care what team you played on. I mean, you and I played enough sports to know that there's a body language when you're getting your tail kicked. I mean, it sure. just, it, it, it just, well, and if you're that guy out. that you're getting, you're getting whooped and you're being all rah, rah, it kind of comes off as fake. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, and I just, I mean, I think that's a natural, I don't think that's anything. Uh, let me just say this, you know, go see, there's times where a top 10 team gets their butt kicked. I mean, look what happened to Tennessee yesterday. Sure. Their guys were hanging their heads and doing everything that our guys were doing. No, I would tend to agree, but I just wanted to, you know, try to be fair. I don't want to, we're, we're usually trying to take the positive look here. We don't want to be too negative, but. I think it was normal. Okay. So, but in the post game, uh, Justin James did say that the team didn't come out with the, what were his words? The, Enough energy, enough want to is kind of what he said. That's not verbatim what he said, but I didn't necessarily notice that. And Edwards actually disagreed with him. I mean, he didn't name names and say James was wrong. He just was asked the question if he saw a lack of effort or energy. And he's like, well, I didn't necessarily notice a lack of effort and energy on our end, but Nevada's was heightened, was better than ours. But I thought we gave good effort, but they're just, you know, an experienced team came in here and weren't going to, you know, drop their guard and not play a, you know, a good game because they did lose here last year. So I'm sure they wanted this one. Now, did you see that? Was it a lack of energy or effort or is it just a talent gap? That's what I no, said. I, I, I just think it was skill. I mean, and maybe there at the end where they had those kind of a couple two alley-oops in a row. I mean, at that point, maybe there was a drop in energy or, you know, I mean, but that point we were already getting beat by 25. I mean, it was like well, 10 was, minutes to go. It was like the night when we played San Jose, you know, we just got off to a great start and then they kind of came back, but then we just, we had so much more energy in the second half than they did. 
uh, and things are going our way. When things are going yeah, your way, it's easy to have that you know, find but, that second win. But I think at the beginning of the game, what you saw there was just it was just a good, you know, the, the seventh, sixth rank, whatever they are. They're they're in every poll, they're different, but uh, let's just call them six. A six. Hey, six. They should be the number. You if you can beat Wyoming by you know, thirty-three points, yeah, I think you should be number one in the nation. There you go. Um, yeah, but still, I mean, they're just better, and they they started better. They had a they, you know, they just yeah, they're they just made, better. They just made all those shots and in a row, and it just you just get more energy from that. And that's and I and I, you know, might be in a minority here, but as I was watching this game, and I was, I just, I found it too hard to be depressed. I mean, yeah, I, I would love to be Nevada. You know, I mean, that would be the dream to have a team like that and just be like you could be playing a road game in conference and expect to win by 25 points or more you know but i mean this the talent i mean because it's not only wyoming that they're this much better than it's the whole conference i mean this is like gonzaga and the west coast conference for all those years i mean they're just i mean so far ahead of everybody it's hard to i i just wasn't i was just like i mean i wasn't yeah. I it'd be one thing if we got beat by 30 at home to, you know, just an average team or a mediocre Mountain West team. But this is one of the all-time best Mountain West teams. I mean, yeah. and we're obviously in a rebuilding year and we've had some adversity. And Yeah, and they, like, like we talked about all the different talent that they have and, and the lack of, you know, uh, experience that we have in our team and, you know, just them and how they've played all year. I mean, it's still shocking to me that they got just whomped at New Mexico. I, yeah, I know. But, but there's always that one but case I think that where game you kind of woke had, them up. I think yeah. that woke a sleeping bag. You, you have a bad game every now and then where everything goes right for the other team and you just can't do anything right. Because and as, as much as we've given credit to Nevada's defense, we – I mean, our shooting percentages were down, and a lot of that was their defense, but we did miss easy, some easy shots on this one. I mean, we had some – I mean, James is always 7 from 3. Some of those were good looks. Hendricks, as I was just going to get to, 2 of 8 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3. He missed some good looks. Well, and one I of mean, the reasons the road is so hard is it's just a different gym, different background, you know, um, compared to home where you, you, you play there more. And so you, you, you kind of hope – the, the two things you hope for in a game like this when you're a Wyoming fan is that they're going to be off, that they're not, you know, somehow. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're going to be off, and then somehow we just have the greatest and night we and, can have. And, and just our luck right away, their worst three-point shooter hits their, his first three-point <laughs> shot. I was yeah. like, so, you know, and, and the worst thing you can do is let a team get comfortable on the road. Once they're comfortable, yeah. it doesn't no, matter that... what you do. You need them to be a little off, and you need to be your best game. And that they were on to start the game, at least. And we were, you know, we had one of our outside of giving Nevada credit for the defense, which they should get full credit for. We, you know, we had a bad game in our own right. Uh, so this, and this is just kind of a typical Edwards confusing, you know. So what we would banks we said talked about in the Utah State game, you know, only played nine minutes. And then he gets the start in this one. Now I can see why he did that because they were really hounding 
James, they were they were covering him. What's how? What's the length of the basketball court? Ninety feet? What did I say? Hundred feet? I could be way off. I have right. no idea. I don't know what it is in college. Sorry. It was more than ninety feet. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bad. Anyway, they were guarding in the length of the court when he was ringing with the ball. So they wanted Banks in there to kind of take some of that pressure off, so James could just you know jog down the court and not have that pressure. But Banks, I mean, he's not a great three point shooter. He was one of four. But he did have six points, two rebounds, an assist, and two steals in the 21 minutes. And, I God, I, I like Banks. I just – he's so athletic, and it seems like he can get by his defender at will. I just He's just not aggressive enough for me. I think he could be one of those type of guys that just drives the lane all the time and if, if finish at a pretty good percentage and get a lot of foul calls just because he's so athletic. Am I wrong on Banks? Am I seeing something different or – well, there's a there's kind of a switch, and um, this is going to be. I know you're an avid Chiefs fan, and this is going to be a John Elway. Oh, <laughs> but uh, I remember when Tim Tebow was playing for John Elway, and the one thing John Elway said about him is he said, "I just wish he'd pull the trigger. He just he doesn't pull the trigger. He's yeah. not aggressive. He's he's." He's trying not to make a mistake. It had to be college open before Tebow would throw in NFL windows. Yeah, and and I I don't know why that sticks with me with players like this, but when we talk about not being aggressive, um, you know, every guy on this team for Wyoming most likely – was the best player on sure. this team. I mean, maybe not. It can't. It may be most not, likely their whole entire lives they've been the best player on whatever one team of, they played. They were either the best player or one of the best. And so you know that when AJ Banks played against any competition he played from as a kid up, that he could pull the trigger. That he sure. was going to be that guy. He was going to be aggressive. And so something changes when they get to college. And and I I know what it's like. You know playing a college sport myself just remembering you know you get there and then you're one of the better players going in and then you get there and you're kind of in a flood of talent that's very similar to you so it does get a little intimidating at times and I get that but you just want to be able to see him turn that switch on and it's just a belief it's a confidence that you can do it that happened to me in 13 year old baseball first year Babe Ruth so in Little League I was I mean, not to my own horn, but I hit like 750. And I was one of the better players in the league, you know. And the first game of Babe Ruth, I went 0 for 3. I remember at like 2 o'clock in the morning, my mom had to come in my room because I wasn't sleeping. She's like, what's wrong? I was like, mom, I went 0 for 3. Can you believe that? (laughs) It's like when you jump, take that next jump of a level and the competition equals out, you know. It's just, yeah, it can. And I have never regained my confidence, no. Uh, (laughs) Um. So just kind of like what you were saying there, uh, that's what's impressive about this Nevada team. Like, it's a collection of kind of all these transfers and former McDonald's All-American. And their former McDonald's All-American, by the way, is like the seventh guy on the the bench. Uh, But they're able to come in and put their ego aside. And, like, if you look at their scoring, I mean, they had what? uh, How many guys in double figures, Clay? One, two, three, four. Five guys. And then they had another one that was close. And their leading scorer only had 14 points. They had, you know, Porter had 14. uh, Caroline had 13. Caleb Martin had 13. I mean, just all right around that 14-12 mark. And they're able to kind of put their ego aside and just, I mean, come together as a team. I mean, that's impressive when that can happen. I mean, Yeah, well, it just destroys you because they're just scoring from anywhere. 
you know, you talked about, we talked about banks being a lockdown guy in the past and some of those types of games. I mean, you know, you can't lock down five guys and, uh, it's just hard when their points are coming from everywhere. It just frustrates you. Let me ask you this question, Clay. Let's put you on the spot here, as I as I like to do. Yeah, yeah you do. Would Justin James start on Nevada? Think about it. Let me let me give you my argument why I say that he doesn't, and that's not a knock on Justin James. So they got the. Is he going to start over either of the Martin twins? No. So Caleb, you know. Was player of the year last year in the conference. I think K- Cody might have – he was, like, first-team all-defense, might have been defensive player of the year. He's just kind of your utility that can do everything. Great defender. Is he going to start over Jordan Caroline, who's probably the player of the year this year? Uh, no. And then he's not – I mean, Porter, who's 6'11". I mean, that's not – you can't really take a guy out of the no, middle like that. It comes down to him or Thurman. And Thurman's pretty good in his own right. I mean, yeah. and Thurman um, – they're both listed six seven, but I think Thurman's bigger than that. He's got—I mean, he looks bigger, and he what? He was their leading rebounder at twelve. Yeah, and and it's hard to say which, uh, you know, uh, which guy it would be if you were to say, well, if it was to come down to him and another guy, I don't know. But uh, what I would tell you is, if Justin James was on Nevada. Oh, I think he'd be an outstanding player. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. And he I'm he, not saying he wouldn't he, play he, or he'd be one of the best Robins you ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's hard because he's he is our best player, but being around great players just makes you better. So. And by no means am I trying to, you know, knock James because no. he didn't have a great game but there. I mean, they played suffocating defense on him. Obviously, he was their main focus. And he did miss a, probably a few shots that he could have made, but I mean, I'm not – this wasn't an attempt to, you know, degrade James. It's just that's how good Nevada is. I mean, like, one of the best players in the conference, I mean, might not even start on their team just because the way they're built and – yeah, I mean, Nevada, I'm in awe. I mean, I might, I might be in – I can't get this sentence out. I might be in awe of Nevada almost as much as our coaches. I don't know if you ever hear Edward talking about Nevada. Man, does he – he talk about them like – Yeah, well. I mean, and they are, they are. I mean, and that'll put you on the spot. I mean, so you're you're a little you're a little more seasoned than me. You're a little older than I am. Been watching Wyoming's basketball longer than I have. Can you? Who's the this Nevada team? Like I said, it might be the best team I've ever seen in the Mountain West. Who can you think of? Who's better? Like those well, Utah, even the Utah I, team gonna, that went I'm, to the Final yeah, Four I'm in the championship say, game. I don't I, know. Yeah, I'm going to say some of those Utah teams are the, the ones that stand out to me. San Diego State's had some pretty talented teams, but but they never they, have the outside shooting on no, those teams. They, San Diego, when you kind of think about, well, Utah did. Utah, no, I was talking about San Diego State. No, I was gonna say Utah had six ten sure. guys that could hit threes like they're going out of style. And San Diego State was always such a long, lanky defending, you know, defending, defending type teams. Kind of remind you of those Syracuse teams sure. that were good in the past. But uh, I agree with. But this you. team has that. The Nevada yeah. has that. Plus, they're and, and they're big. They're oh, just, they're so they're, huge. They're just huge guys and talented and just yeah. I, I would have to put this up as far as uh, you know, Mountain West teams of all time. I mean, if they're not the best, they're definitely you know probably one or two or three. And I yeah. would, I would, I mean, we'll see how far they go. But well, as this, far as I don't in the you, conference. They, they're yeah. probably the best and against our conference. that is kind of disappointing for the mountain west tournament this year just 
you know, and it just it just takes the hope. I mean, no one else even has a chance. I mean, it seems like I mean, you never know, but yeah, what you'd have to have like the probably the one team. Well, I'd say there's two teams. There's two teams that have a chance. Uh, Utah State is that one team. I and don't don't. It's on a it's on a neutral court. Sure, Merrill could and be hot. They could be hot. You never you. know in something like that. So when and uh, when there's a stake on the line as far as the championship. Well, plus or, Utah State's probably going to be a in a situation where they have to win to get in. Nevada's already going to have their yeah. spots on. I mean, I think that's one possibility. The other the other team is the. And it'll never happen. But the team that beat them is just, you know, could yeah. they have? I know they, they could got, have their numbers. I know they got else. smashed, but they 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 cracked the code at least for one game. So sometimes that can play with you, especially on a neutral court. So I was gonna kind of take a little closer look at the future and break down the roster of all the guys we got coming back. But our producer's got to go pick up his grandkids. So let's we'll we'll save that discussion for <laughs> for another time here. Uh, yeah, I don't mean so to I chase want... you off here. <laughs> uh, I did want to just give a brief look ahead, uh, just kind of let you know what's coming up on the docket this next week. Uh, we play Tuesday night at home against UNLV. Uh, that's at 8 p.m. game start. That's on CBS Sports. Uh, now, I'm going to be disappointed if we you know, aren't very competitive and might not win. I think we can win this game, Clay. I mean, don't you don't got to give me a big analysis? No, but, but uh, that that was the uh, that's a game that I know when we had Ian on here, he he thought that was a game we could take too. If yeah. I remember that, I think so. I think. Let me just put it this way: if Wyoming comes out and plays like a lot of people on the message boards are talking about, and they're not improving, this podcast next week's going to have a different tone. I think we're going to lose some of our optimism if we don't come out this week win one of these games or at least be very competitive in both of them. I think then, I mean, we have to have a different conversation, but home against UNLV is a winnable game at the road against CSU. I mean, obviously we're not a very good road team, but that's, you know, our rivalry game that's Saturday at noon. And that's on AT&T sports, the old root sports for anyone wondering out there channel 683 on direct TV. If you have it, uh, <laughs> So that's kind of next week. So I think this week is set up a lot better than last week. I mean, we had the two best teams in the conference last week, this week, or, I mean, we'll see if we are that improving team. Me and you think they are, and I am thinks that they are, or we'll see if some of those, you know, the, some of the, those realistic message board posters are more in the right <laughs> than we are. Uh, so with that, that's uh, this week's episode. And, uh, We'll uh, see you next week and talk about uh, the UNLV uh, CSU game. been random thoughts on Wyoming basketball with Mark Overman and Clay Cates.
Final Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC. All rights reserved.